Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Life in the Fast Lane. I am sitting here with Nick Carlson. How are we doing today? What's up, brother? How are you? I'm good. That laser. We got burn-off parts back, and the laser gets extremely bright when it hits a weird, like, impurity. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's firing off nuke cannons left and right with mm -hmm. how bright it is. And it, it feels like I'm burning my retinas. I do have protection on, mm -hmm. but it is still so freaking bright, it is... It's, it's hard to see, honestly. Well, I'm going to go ahead. I videoed you doing it because you said, hey, man, come video. This is awesome. Well, it was because it's it's exponentially louder for no stupid reason. Well, so you just popping. go with it versus mm -hmm. just. It's because it's just, it's just burning away all that uh, impurities. And my eyes. <laughs> Don't do that. Make sure you wear those glasses. Those glasses are on. Yeah, good. So, but yeah, I had to fire it up a couple of times today because uh, Gavin's putting on that bracket on one of the trucks that we have in for an install, and it had like, I don't know, what is it that they put on the metal? Is it just a marking paint that they just put on it sometimes, and it just comes in, it's got like red on it, or sometimes some of the metal has orange on it? Oh, it's just, a, it's just a, um, it's a spray paint. Yeah. So it was on there, and I ended up, I was like, dude, if you're going to spray paint that, let me just at least hit these two sections because it had a little bit of overspray on it. So I, we hit that, and it, it gets bright over that, but not as bad as what the powder was doing. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's, it's a fuel. The paint that you're burning off, all that powder and stuff that you're burning off the thing, the reason it gets so bright and so loud is it's, it's an igniter. Yeah. It's fuel. It's, it's all, cool, though. It's really freaking cool. That, that laser, you know, I remember seeing that, like, 15 years ago. I remember seeing, like, um cars getting restored mm -hmm. and they were like burning off rust and it was this big gun it was like it was massive and had all the stuff and it was like 50 grand or something for one of those machines 75 yeah. grand for one of those machines and i was like that is mythical unicorn territory that i'll never ever have any use for or like the dragon the dragon for me used to be this mythical unicorn i saw like hot rod builder shows would use it and all this and that and yeah. i was like one day i'd love to own that i don't even know why i would own it but like that's cool now we own both yeah. And it's just, it, it's crazy how my life has come full circle from what I wanted to having it. And now instead of having like the uh, Harbor Freight air compressors, we have that massive screw air compressor, mm -hmm. which charges the system up in absolutely no time. I mean, you can fill it up by the time, or not, you start it, and by the time I get back to the booth, yeah, which is a 30 second walk, it's already built up 20 psi in the system, which mm -hmm. we have a lot of air pipes. Yeah, we do. It's a big system. I mean, it could be bigger, but, like, it's big. Yeah. And, I mean, would the other ones take almost an hour to fill the place up? Yeah, especially if you had things running while you were – like, if I was running the powder booth, mm -hmm. which we didn't have thumpers then, if I was still running the powder booth, it took at least 20 minutes before you guys got here. Yeah, that thing that thing was – it was just slow. I mean, it did a good job. I mean, so for, for context for everyone that's listening, it um the air compressors we used to have here, you could literally buy them at, uh, at Lowe's. Yeah, or, or Home Depot. It's now, just the regular what, two hundred gallon? No, 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 sixty or eighty, I think it was. Was and it? Oh, I thought they were bigger for some the reason. The one, the one compressor was like a triple piston, which is good size, yeah, for like home integrated. And that's what we started with. I bought them used, um, because we had two at a backup that yeah. just went one down, and we used it. And uh, one day, our 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 head of production, Sam, came to me and he's like, "Dude, we need some air. Like, we need air, air." And I'm like, "Okay." So we went and looked at this Kaiser systems and all, and they were like fifty grand. And I'm like. I'm not spending 50 grand on air. I'm yeah. not doing it. So I ended up finding a, a place that we could get basically the same system, if not better, for like 7,500 bucks. Yeah. So again, if you guys are interested in the Carlson coaching program, I can tell you all my secrets over there. It's sweet. Go to multimateusa.com. It's in the link below. That's right. <laughs> so, Kyle, you had an agenda today. Yeah. So Let's jump into it. This is a minor selfish, I will admit that, but... Um, we're looking towards the future. We're coming up on the new year, at least real time for us. Of course, when this podcast drops, we'll be about a month into the year. Um, but I want to talk about marketing. Mm -hmm. So we had talked when we were doing the DMT podcast of in order for me to be able to get to a point of being able to have one, mm -hmm. I need to figure out how to market in order to get those higher echelon clients. Mm -hmm. um, now, that's nothing to say for being able to, you know, do the mo blow and go and you have fairly profitable properties or you have five or six, say, stacked up right next to each other and it takes you no time to pop a couple of them out. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the thing is how how should I go about marketing? And this is to kind of help industry, but then also at the same time we can get into 
you know, how Dawson Manufacturing is going mm-hmm. to look at marketing. <laughs> yeah, we got fun plans. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. So, first off, what are we marketing? So, for Scarlet Oak, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm going to say you know, because we've dealt with each other as, I'm going to say, business partners in that sense. Yeah, um, I call I did, it, I'm a more of a mentor. Yes. So I ended up doing your property, but the things that I'm I want to focus on this year is de- is going to be mowing maintenance, mm-hmm. which is typical. Um, I would like to be able to do aerations and seedings in the fall. Okay. Mulch and general property maintenance per se. So if there is an existing garden bed, I will pull the weeds and make it so that it looks like a garden bed, but also run the edges and do all that fun stuff in the spring. Anything beyond that, I really don't want to get into. I don't want to get into installs or, you know, paper patios or things like that. I want to keep it very plain Jane, simple. What you have is what I will maintain, essentially. Okay, so question. Do you have an end goal of what you want to look like? I'll give you, for instance. Do you want to have 20 customers that have a full-blown contract where you do every single thing landscape-related to their property? Yes. That you, you want to do focus on maintenance and you want to do from corner for all four corners of their property, you handle it all for the whole year. Correct. Okay, so that's what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Because there's like, some, some people would be like, no, I just want to cut the grass and trim the hedges twenty eight times a year and I want to do I want to have sixty of those customers. Yeah. Okay. No, I want to do twenty customers. I don't want to feel like I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Mm-hmm. My main goal, as I have said multiple times, is this year is it's my family. Right. I'm going to come home, go to my family, and be able to go, you know, play with Maylin. Like last night when I got home, play with Maylin. I'm going to play for an hour, hour and a half straight. Mm-hmm. No problem. Mm-hmm. You know, she's giggling, laughing. Like I want to commit to that. Okay. So good. So we're going to, we need to find you the right clients. So first off, geographically, you've got to find where, where's the money. Yeah. I was talking to a young man earlier this week and he's talking about getting out of landscaping. Because he's like, there's got to be a way to make better money elsewhere. I said, dude, go be a financial advisor. <laughs> For real. Like, go to college, and, and that's where the money is. I mean, you look at all these mega yachts. They're all financial advisors. Yeah. All of them. Um, if you're wanting to stay in this industry because it makes you happy, and you know that you can make the life you want, then perfect. That's great. Um, so, first off, do the numbers, right? So, what what is it you want to make? Do you want to make a quarter million dollars a year? For me, if we're going to do... This is just idealistically, I would say, just so that I'm not killing myself. My my end goal at the end of the year would be around eighty thousand. Okay, so that's, that's about you or the company, net or gross. Sorry, yeah, that would be. Damn it! I just confused myself. Which one's which again? Net and gross. So just... to- net is the whole thing. Gro- okay, okay, gross is. Yeah, I I just had an ADHD moment and just couldn't figure it out for a all, second. All good. Don't worry. I know what it means or which one's which. I just I couldn't it's delineate the, that for deli- two seconds. Dyslexia. Yeah. So net would be eighty. I would like to have gross. What would that be? What? It's a funny thing. Now you got me confused. Am I? Did I say that right or wrong? Man. Okay. You've got me questioning myself now. My phone won't Google anything because it's literally full of storage. Here, I'll see if I can. So we're having real time idiot moments. It won't it won't pull up because my phone. I need to clear my phone out. You have to do it. I just I just want to confirm that I'm right. For whatever reason, you got me questioning myself, and now I've done confused myself. Gross is before taxes. Net is after. Okay, so I had it. Backwards. So we had a flip flop. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry. Either way, so I'd like to make it so that for say for those kind of customers, we're bringing in four thousand for roughly for the year. I can put a stipend to myself of roughly. What can that do? About five hundred. Why is my phone not working? Uh, but I'm trying to think. If I could do a stipend of like three, four hundred a week, that would be okay. Unless that doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound right to me. Okay. That well, this is why we're doing the the numbers. Yeah, I mean, if you did four hundred bucks a week, you're only talking twenty thousand eight hundred a year, fifty two weeks. Yeah, and that would go to me, and then the rest of it I would like to put back into the company. Yeah, twenty grand's not enough. That's not worth your effort. It's better than what I did this year. Yeah, well, th- this year th- you're you're going through what I went through in two thousand nine when I was like, okay. Let's to me, to me, this is a one percent. This is me trying to establish a solid base, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to okay market these clients. This is how I want to do it. 
Mm-hmm. This is what we're looking forward to doing. Current existing clients, if you want it, cool. If you don't, then I will recommend you to someone else. Yeah, if you had 20 clients and they paid $3,500 each for the whole year, only 3500 bucks. that's not a lot. You're talking $70,000 a year. Yeah. And the services you're talking about providing, there's not a whole lot of expense other than the equipment stuff you already have. Yeah. That the bulk of it's paid for. And then you got fuel, insurance, taxes. Um, I said insurance, right? Yeah. Um, a little bit of advertising costs in there, a little bit of uniform costs in there, you know, because you want to look decent when you show up. Yeah. Um, and it's just, just general maintenance on trucks and trailers and equipment and all that kind of jazz. Out of that seventy grand, I mean, you, honestly, you should be able to pull in that scenario. Being that you don't have that many expenses, you should be able to pay your taxes and the, the income tax and all that and there's really not gonna be a whole lot of sales tax because you're not really providing any kind of goods yeah um not that i can think of um there's no reason why 40 grand of that money shouldn't be yours honestly yeah like just rough numbers off the top of my head i didn't really run anything but what i would recommend is you take take on the services like fertilizing go team up with somebody that has an mda license yeah around here that you know and trust that's gonna make you look good and i used to do it with um who were they they were at the edgewater i can't remember but before i got all my mda licensing and all that i just subbed them all the work and what we did was i said okay all the calls you get for mowing all the services that i like to provide back in the day yeah i would give them they would give me all those and then i would give them all the the fertilizing stuff yeah and so we just team t- tag team and, and over a year i mean i probably went up 20 percent just based off the referrals they got us yeah that's crazy right because they didn't want to worry about the numbers i was or the services i was getting or i was doing providing and they and i didn't want to do what they were doing so we just like traded right or like say somebody wanted a concrete driveway i didn't do concrete but i had a concrete guy lined up last concrete driveway i did i want to say i charged like thirty thousand dollars for this this concrete driveway and it only cost me 16 grand that's not bad at all no i mean i just for for facilitating the whole thing yeah so what i'm saying is that if you have customers that want to do those projects you have to find trusted subcontractors that you can say yeah i'll take care of that for you well yeah and then you just pop in a few extra grand or whatever the case may be and all you do is just make sure it gets done on time exactly that's all you gotta do well that's the one thing is is like i don't want to do tree work i don't mind like if there's a tree that's fallen down i Mm -hmm. don't mind doing it Mm -hmm. i have to go borrow lyle's dump trailer Mm -hmm. you know at the moment but Mm -hmm. i that's what i'm trying to work for is being able to get that equipment and go okay yeah here's the cash for it and i don't have to worry about it Mm -hmm. versus doing what i did two years ago and just going oh shiny well yeah you just you really what you did yes you did that and really what you did was you just put the cart in front of the horse Mm -hmm. you just every it's so easy to spend money it's so much harder to do the work first yeah and overwhelm yourself because no one wants to feel overwhelmed but i always tell everybody you have to overwhelm yourself as an entrepreneur first and then go buy the equipment yes. and then overwhelm yourself again and then grow some more. And it's really, really freaking difficult. Yeah. And I honestly think like, and that kind of goes back to when we had the old blue Ram, mm-hmm. this is like, I expended that truck to about as much as it could do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say weight wise and pulling wise and just general work that we did that it was when I jumped into the dump truck, it felt like a no-brainer, but at the same time, that might have been too much of a step. Oh, yeah. It was way too much of a step for you. Yeah. So way. I needed either a dump trailer that was lighter, and I just did a couple extra trips, but I still didn't have to worry about having to pick everything up and kill my back. What was wrong with the blue truck? I don't remember what was wrong with it. Blue truck. Okay. I'll be, my dad can pack me up on this, too. Is the blue truck had no power. It had absolutely no power. What so engine was in it? The 360. It's kind of small. It was a five nine. So I mean, but the thing was, is like I pulled a, I pulled, I want to say it was three tons of River Rock with a Home Depot dump trailer. Mm-hmm. I was scared shitless going down ninety seven. Why? Why going slow? It didn't break. It didn't want to break, and it didn't want to get up, like accelerate very well. Well, okay. This is this is goes back to one and of that the- was like it was running at four grand the whole time trying to get there. Uh, so I have an opinion on this because i'm a car guy yeah. and i understand the mechanics of a car and this will kind of go back to what we talked about in this in one of the previous podcasts of buying you know a used vehicle versus a new vehicle and the shiny syndrome and all that i bet you you give me that blue truck i could have fixed it and you would have had plenty of power and plenty of braking 
it, like there there are things out there to to boost their abilities to make it better. Yeah, why well, didn't think outside the box in that perspective? Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is, is I was comparing it to the old gray truck that we had, which even running on six cylinders, it still would yank the shit out of that blue truck. So yeah, this is my perspective on on power. Do you need to hot rod around town? No. No. Guys that drive, no offense, guys that drive <laughs> diesel trucks around that are just landscapers, you're you're wasting a ton of maintenance costs, a ton of fuel costs. Yeah. It's, it's not needed. You do not, unless you're towing big old skid steers, excavators, you know, heavy equipment, really big loads, you don't need it. Yeah. I drive a 450 because I own a trailer and I tow race cars and heavy stuff all over the place and I need to have no limitation because mm-hmm. I do it all the time uh, I do it less nowadays but <clears throat> but you know in my heyday dude I was I was hauling how many trailers did we have I want to say a dozen and they were being used every day yeah like my goal every day was to look at my shop and see no equipment none because it was all out being used yeah. working somewhere because well, if it's sitting there it's just a useless asset yeah, it's just it's just it's money paper- wasting away yeah it's a paperweight so put it all to work, get jobs done. That was always my my thing. So I'm I'm picking on you a little bit with the blue truck because to me it's like okay, well why don't you get different different brake package on that on that Dodge? Go get some drilled and slotted rotors. Get some better brake pads. Go get some better calipers. I'm sure that you could have stole some brake pal- calipers, like a whole brake setup off like a better Dodge and bolted it on. Yeah, I guarantee it. it they they do they make trucks that way. Um, you need more power? Put a chip in it. You right. Um, what if you just need a new spark plugs and wires to like make it fire better? Or, like, yeah, people are people are geared to take the path of least resistance. It's like water. So the least resistance path for you was just go buy a new truck. Yeah, that is incompetence in in the fact that you didn't take the second and say, okay, how can I take what I have and make it better? Now there is a teetering point to this. So I found that teetering point. So I had a red F three fifty crew cab diesel blah blah blah. I literally cut the frame in half and welded a ass end of the frame back into it from another truck, like literally from a junkyard. I did all this. Yeah. Um, I had support pieces in that frame get rusted out. I had um, leaf springs rust out of it. I took the cab off it, took the bed off it, new bed. Cab I repaired. Engine I pulled out. Trans I pulled out. I did all this work. I have pictures of it. I got to find them. But I literally restored the truck over one winter because it was just, it needed a, a, re- a lot of attention. And uh, I got done with that project, and and here's what I learned. I had put like $7,500 into this truck and three or four months of my time. Now, I enjoyed every second of it because I love that kind of work. Yeah. But if you look at it this way, this is what I learned. If I would have took the $7,500 in that three months and would have spent that three months working on my business and would have worked on the marketing and would have worked on you know my systems and just everything about the business – that, that probably equaled oh, 20, 30, 40 grand in that neighborhood. I could have just gone and bought a new truck and would not, and literally wouldn't have had to worry about it. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a tipping point when you're welding new ass ends of the frame on, you're, you're you, probably done. You're done. Good night. No, you need a whole new frame. You're more than likely needed to stop and, and, and reevaluate. Um, in your case, I don't think that was the case. No. And that was the part of, of like, all right, I'll be honest. The way I said, oh, yeah, let me look at my numbers, was I just found a way to think I can make it work. That's what was going through <laughs> my head it. at that point. And I that was it. after, I think that was after the first LEO. I was like, no, your numbers. And I didn't I didn't learn it correctly. Or I did, or no, I didn't process it correctly. No one does. You don't know it until you actually learn it. You don't know what you don't know until you don't know it, until you figure it all out. And that's the part is, is that I've, I figured it out, and yeah, do I do I need a diesel now? No, I have the diesel now because one, the the truck was a hell of a steal. It had like forty thousand miles on it for thirty five thousand, mm-hmm. and it had the diesel was eight foot bed crew cab. Oh gosh, it had an Alpine system in it, which is what say a thousand bucks. Then you have another four or five grand in wheels. It had upgraded. Um, Aaron, I mean, it had like to the nines, and I was like, "Damn, this is a stupid deal to pass up." Mm-hmm. For one, but mm-hmm. two, at the same time, it's like when we go to Kentucky, I don't want to have to worry about if I had to pull something, 
how long it was going to take for me to get there. So, okay, time out on that one. It is not your job to be prepared for this company. I know, but that's where my mind, like, that was me, even though I was outside the company at that point, still thinking, if I got, if I get this, it could benefit myself, but then it could also benefit this company too. Sure, and I, I really, really appreciate it. it, but it, you need to make the best decision for you, and I have to figure out the rest. Yeah. Right? Like, it, I, it is no way, shape, or form your your responsibility at all, and I would, have I ever asked you? Oh, I missed him. Oh, almost got him. Did I get him? I don't know. Damn it. I have a floater in my... Nope, nope, nope. Uh, I missed him. I went for him twice. Anyway, um, have I ever asked you to be prepared to do that? No. I've asked you to tow stuff when you did have it because I needed it, but, like, if you don't have it, you don't have it. It's not... Yeah, but the diesel also comes into, to me at least, it's like I enjoy having a diesel truck over a gasser just as a... I don't know. There's something to me internally that just makes it not not better. Like, oh, yeah. I have it is better. But to me, it's, it's nice. like, it just, I don't know. It feels like a safety over it's, a gap. I don't know. I think, the, I think the reality of it is, is that it just feels right. Yeah. And the big truck, it just feels right. But the difference is, though, I'll challenge you a little bit here, is what feels better? Having more money in the bank or having clack, 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 clack sound in front of you? <laughs> Yes. Truly, at the end of the day, it's the money in the bank. It, yeah, it is the money in the bank, but I always say if it don't clatter, it don't matter. <laughs> I get I get that, but that's all just ego. I know, that's and, just yeah, having fun. It's having fun. And, it's and you know, we all work really hard, and I understand that sometimes it, it's it's a – it, you have to indulge some, but – There's a balance. There's a balance, but the big thing is is that most people don't earn it. They just fall into debt, and they're like, oh, I can afford that payment. Yeah. And they're balancing on – you know what the average American uh, savings account is? The I volume? Last I heard was like it's under 1500 or something like that. I heard the other day it's 2500 bucks. Yeah. Average. Um, I refuse to live in that world. Yeah. Like if you go into my accounts, like personally-wise, I have enough to, to last me year, years, years and years. Um, that's not a flex. That is not me bragging. That is, I put more priority on that than buying a home. Well, that and it's the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to have that safety in order to be able to provide for your family. Sure. Well, there was a point in time in this company where it was like, uh, shit, we're out of money. And Nikki had to dip on the hip to keep yeah. it going. Now, it's been a long time since that's happened. But, you know, I'm prepared for a shitstorm, basically. Because yeah. they, they come. It's rainy days, right? They come. So, you know, for everybody that's listening, I know I, I probably sound very contradicting because I sit there and talk about my Audi R8 and my Shelby and my brand new Platinum F450 and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Keep in mind, and, and I hope, Kyle, you can vouch for me on this, um, I really didn't want the 450. That just kind of had to happen. Um, that was a last-minute, oh-shit moment of, hey, look, this is an option. It's a cool option. Yeah, it's a, it, it was like the only option I had to get myself out of a blown-up truck situation. Outside of us having the trailer hot-shotted to the event and then hot-shotted home and then us trying to figure out what to do with your truck. So it would have cost $30,000 to fix my truck and $10,000 to hot-shot. So yeah. that would have been forty grand up in smoke. Yeah. So instead, I just bought a new truck and then took the money, the 30 whatever thousand dollars they gave me for my truck. So basically, I was able to put down $70,000 on a $100,000 truck. Yeah. That's why I had to do it that way. And I, and I don't like it because I was super good with my truck. And if it wouldn't have broke, I'd be sporting it right now and been happy as pig and pie. Yeah. Right? So I've earned my right to have what I have. And I don't even have that much. There are people out there that are far better off than I am. Um, I'm still very hungry, and, and you could take it all away from me, and I'd be fine. I still love what I do. Yeah. Um. So when we're, when we're talking about growing your company and trying to look at the numbers, first off, you got to go, okay, well, what am I, what am I trying to get out of it? Yeah. Right. We've kind of established, I don't know, dude, I think, I think if you're doing a side gig, like after work hours, you should be able to pull home minimum $30,000. Yeah. Well, minimum. that was the thing is, is like, if I can pull in net, if I'm getting that right. Yes. Pulling in net, the 80 mm -hmm. and then gross roughly 20 to 30 mm -hmm. and i'm just doing a like a mental stipend of what i can throw into my personal account sure you know that gives me the ability to do 
20 to 30 for me extra a year on top of what comes into Dawson. I can put money into Scarlet Oak to eventually grow it with marketing down the line. Mm-hmm. And then as this facility grows, then it's, okay, Scarlet Oak is managing Dawson Manufacturing's facility. And then I'm also able to have that as a side revenue. But it's not something where it's like, I have to delve all my time into it. It's mm-hmm. that time and consistency and creating the systems mm-hmm. and then allowing the systems to grow. And then it kind of just takes over its own little portion while I'm still able to do. Yeah. So the, so the, the importance of systems is not necessarily the system itself, but the automation of the system. Yes. And it's in, it could turn into that. Yes. Or it, it stays in the, you know, that $80,000 area where I just, I go out and mow after work and get a couple of things done and it's not taking over too much of my time. Yes. And a lot of people that I've I've met, I'm, I'm adding two. I'm not disagreeing. I'm adding two. There's been a bunch of people I know that have like side landscape gigs, and they're pulling personally. They're pulling like a quarter mil out of it. Yeah. And you know those guys were making, I want to say, 800 grand a year, and they did it over 30, 40 years when they were just kind of letting it organically grow and you know marketing a little bit here and there, but not like when I get into something, I want I want it all and I want it now. Yeah, and and that's very dangerous because I I get very frustrated because I don't have it now, and so I, I spend a lot of time evaluating myself and calming myself down. When in reality, I'm the one that juiced myself all the way up to what I am and put all the pressure on myself. Yeah, because like I honestly I can't put any pressure on you emotionally. I can't. I can't. Now you could do it to yourself. You can say, "Wow, Nick said this. Wow, I'm that hurts." Well, why does it hurt? Because you actually are. Um, appreciate my opinion and then that makes you feel that pressure and yeah you, you feel what i'm saying well it's funny because that that kind of dips to something i was listening to today it was um you're not afraid of failure itself you're afraid of how people are going to make you feel because of your failure mm-hmm. and, and you know what or so, see you because of your failure that or something is, like that that is very true i but that is i believe that you should be harder on yourself than other people you should not care like i don't care at all what other people think should be but what actually affects you is what other people say what if what so if, like here's the thing if you're around your house and you stub your toe what do you do how that hurt yeah but you're not embarrassed about it versus like if you trip on a stage with 500 people around you you get very embarrassed quickly maybe not you specifically but it can happen i i love <laughs> i totally get what you're saying and yes you're right funny thing is like i walked on brian fullerton stage at the launchpreneur academy last year and i want to say i did something silly like that and i just got up there and just made it a funny no yours was your notes erased on your phone you're like i'll be 100 percent honest i had a whole thing of notes on my phone but guess what yeah can't use them now because they're not there right so it is i love those situations because it, it gives it gives me a chance to show everybody who i truly am mm-hmm. and i i was having a conversation last night with somebody um, it's a family member and it was him and his friend and we spoke for like four hours last night and I dove as deeply as I could with them to the point to that I, I thought maybe they they were understanding me but like I started to lose them I think a little just because I was going very 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 deep into how I see things now yeah and there and, and I've done so much self-work and so much digging in, in within and self-projecting and self-auditing and and seeing a new perspective through life i i i could literally see their heads it looked like a doll their heads were spinning on their shoulders it was yeah it was insane to watch them try to keep up and i looked at him i said i'm a totally different person now since they haven't seen me in years i said i'm a completely different person now aren't i and they're like dude your perspective is baffling and it, and it is it's it's very different and where it comes from is it's a lot of pointing my finger at myself and i think a lot of people don't do enough of that and they don't they use excuses to not perform yeah right they just go path of least resistance get it done okay i'll give you a good for instance if i teach you how to make a hundred dollars an hour will you work every single hour i'll work as many as i can right but what if i taught you how to make ten thousand dollars an hour I'll work even more. Most people would work an hour and go, that's enough. Now, internally, I have something I say that I learned from a friend years ago that I will not repeat on here. Um, <laughs> but that's that's working 
like a poor man. And Ow. you know the saying I say. <laughs> There's that face. <laughs> no and, comment. And I say it internally because it's true. A lot of people will work right up to the threshold that they need, and then they, they stop. I've done it. That's why I'm allowed to speak about it. So what I tried, and I, I've done it here at Dawson, where it's like, we're rocking and rolling, we're kicking ass, blah, 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 blah. And I start to just like lift my foot off throttle, like, all right, it's going finally. And then a month or two goes by, and I'm like, ah, shit, I got to step on the throttle again. Yeah. Well, it's like what Brian said when we were at the um, the shooting the other day, when we were when we went out for our company party. Mm-hmm. He was like, if your face is not in front of a camera or in front of people, mm-hmm. the sales drop. Mm-hmm. So we need to get your face in front of people. Now, granted, it doesn't have to be your face, but we need a face with Mulchmate to be out there to sell because that's what does it. Like, I, I, this is going to sound... People want the connection, not the product. Yes, and, and I hate to sound cocky. I think my actual face with the information that comes out of my mouth in front of a mulch mate or other things is the most powerful form of marketing we have. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like that. I think it's bad business because you're building a brand off of someone's face. And I think that's a bad idea. Currently, I don't have anything else. I don't know what else to do. Um, I think I have a plan in place. And I think I talked to you, maybe it was Jamie about it. But I said, I want to start injecting you guys into it. And not just one of you, but like several to get some more personalities yeah. in front of the camera and showing a little bit different perspectives, maybe. The problem is being able for us to pick up the camera and go like, oh, yeah, we're doing like it's it's that split break because we have to take our minds off of what we're doing, change it to, OK, let's do a video of us doing it and talk about it and then going back to what we're doing. It's. It's hard for people to make that change in the beginning versus yeah. if you have, have been trained on it. Tell you or what. not even trained, but like if we had somebody going around with a camera, mm-hmm. we would interact with that person with the camera because we know how to interact with them. Mm-hmm. Versus like if we did it and we're just doing it by ourselves, it just feels awkward. It does for a long time. I had to learn how to do it, and it and it's it's extreme. I mean, you look back at some of my first videos. Oh, my God. First off, <laughs> fat as hell. Second off, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know how to act. I was super monotone. And I had to I had to basically learn how to become an actor, honestly. Yeah. You, did, you, have to, you have to be a little more flamboyant. You kind of have to have more uh, balance in your voice, in your step. You have to just – you almost have to kind of rush through it. Yeah, you got to create a character for yourself. You do. And that, that extra speed, that extra high-speed voice talking – when it oh, I got tra- that covered. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Translate that through a camera. It comes out the other end. It's kind of normal. Yeah. It's crazy how that works. So let's – I'm not going to say get back on track because it drives me nuts when we say that. Okay, let me backpedal a little bit. You said, if we had – I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and before the one-minute mark, you said the whole nine. I'm like, ah, there it is again. <laughs> but no, um, let's backpedal a little bit and come back to what – okay, if I had – two steps mm-hmm. to do that I can apply today mm-hmm. in order to get to this number. And I'm not going to say it's arbitrary. I've kind of thought it through and made it so that I'm not killing myself. Mm-hmm. I'm also able to put money away and I'm also able to, you know, put some into my account this year versus what I was doing for 23. It was just playing catch up. Okay. So what are some what are two actionable steps that you think I should take now in order to get to this? Know the client that you want. So I have that. Are you sure? Yes. I want somebody who is going to say, hey, here is the the parameters of what I want, and I can just execute on it. I don't think they exist. No? The reason they call you is because they don't know how to do that. If they did, they'd own a landscape company. That is true. I I understand what you're saying, but through all my experience, what I've learned is the reason they're calling you is they're not landscapers and most people don't want to do it. Yeah. Most people have no idea what to do, how to do it. So I had the most success when I found people that liked to have their property nice. All they knew is they wanted it nice and all they wanted to do was write a check and be done. Yeah. And so I would come in and say, okay, here's our seven step program or how, whatever it was. And Mr. Smith, You've got nothing to worry about. All I need is you to sign this contract. It's going to cost you this amount a month, and you'll never have to worry about your landscaping ever again, and it will be perfect. Well, that's what sold the job down in the Bashadi area. I know. I did, I did I, it in there. I scheduled it that exact way, and he was like, 
Where do I sign? The reason that is is because people, I'm going to say people of my, God, this sounds terrible, my level where I'm at, my stepping stone that I'm on, we, I damn, dude, I learned this after I own the landscape company. It really annoys me because I did everything myself. When I started to have to pay people to do things like clean my chimney or cut my grass, here's what I learned. We people that have so much on us, entrepreneurs or whatever, we have so much on us all the time. I don't have time to dick around with my landscaping. Yeah. It's annoying. I need you to do your job. I need you to take control of it. I need to come home every Friday and that bitch better be perfect. Yeah. I want to look at it and go, ah, not, hey, Kyle, you've missed a spot. Hey, why weren't you here? Like, don't yeah. make me do that. And that's what most, most land, we're, we're picking on landscapers right now. And I'm going to pick on some landscapers because I have direct interaction with them. And I was one and I made all these mistakes. So I am flat out calling people out. Yeah. You don't answer your phones because I call y'all to sell y'all mulch mates. Cause you've, you've contacted me and you want information. You don't fucking answer. Yeah. Dude, answer the phone and have your voice. Have you set your voicemail box up yet? It's been set up. No, but I your voice. Oh, on my no, not there. On work phone, I have it set up. Do you? Mm-hmm. Do you have a work phone? Oh yeah, I have it separate because it to me when I get home, I can put that phone down. I don't give a crap about who I call, text, or anything off of this phone. Versus okay. Okay. otherwise, I want to inherently then text that person back at eight o'clock at night, mm. and I'm trying to make that delineation for my life, and that works. I get that. I get that. Now, I will tell you this. Some of the most successful years of my life, I started answering those calls on weekends and all that. Not me. My company was doing it. Yeah. I had an answering service. Now you have AI. Um, you have uh, uh, you have a secretary. You have some kind of automation response to it all. When I started doing that, my business doubled. That's the one thing that I will say that I'm going to say, I'm not going to say drives me nuts, but some of the programs that are out there, don't make it very easy to go, hey, I'm going to send you this estimate. And you you can add your line items, and then you have to create the line items. But the ones where you create the line items, and it saves the line items, and you can have them auto-generate, mm-hmm. they're, a, they're very clunky in other aspects of how that operation system works okay versus other ones where you you just have to fill everything out from top to bottom and Mm -hmm. then you can send it out and Mm -hmm. then in order to put your terms and conditions in for all of them you have to add a new form Mm -hmm. versus making it so that you send it out with a terms and conditions clause of it added into the contract and then they can go about it so Mm -hmm. it's not like everything's super all in one that I have found yet that is reasonably priced for my size company. Mm. So like I now have to create all my stuff on like Google Docs and then I download it as a PDF. But then in order to do that, for them to sign it, they have to print it, sign it, scan it, send it back. Have so, you tried DocuSign? I thought about it. That's but what we use. I wasn't sure how to go about it. Yeah, we do we do DocuSign, so everything's digital. Just yeah. click, 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 done. So I gotta, I'm gonna figure out what I want to do, and then it's a matter of getting it so that the schedule that I had sent out matches onto a calendar, mm-hmm. and then figuring out what works best for me. Do I use like Lawn Buddy or Jobber or those systems, or do I use? I I've been listening. There's this um, program called Tick Tick. It's it's just a calendar, but it has a couple extra cool features in it, which allow for like time blocking on your phone so that you're not playing on different apps at certain times a day and you're specifically focused on what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You can share it with people so that they can see exactly what you're doing. All that fun stuff. It just, it's a little bit more user friendly than just your regular calendar on your phone. I gotcha. Well, you, you had asked me, you know, how do you get to what you're looking for? And the first thing I said was know your customer. Yeah. So it's really, really important that you, uh, you, you have to judge them, right? What do they call it? Um, the industry calls it qualifying qualifying your customers yeah. so you have to first off you have to know what kind of customer are you after so the biggest thing is too is like how do you qualify over if they just did a um a email inquiry i mean just simple ask them some simple questions like are you interested in these type of services um so you, just lay it out blatantly and be like hey yeah look. but also would it be do you ramp up on the marketing or do you just keep it where it's at because like when I'm gonna, so I have Ben's wife doing just, she automates everything once a month or once a week, sends out a, um, 
a a post for Facebook. Uh-huh. And I just I said, here, go do it. Mm-hmm. I want to help support you guys. But also at the same time, it just makes it so that I'm not logging in. But I think I'm going to take it back over again soon. It's just... You need to. Yeah, is me understanding how to do that for one for myself, but also I can apply it here. Mm. So would it be something where I ramp it up and do it a couple extra times a week? Would I do it so that... Like, how would I direct What's those? the message you're trying to get across? We're going to handle the four corners of your property, essentially. Okay. Of what you have existing is what we will maintain. Mm-hmm. And then if you want, like, installs or anything else, like, we have the qualified and accredited companies to help us out. So, I went down that route, and the only time I let the customer know that I was using a different company was the fertilizer. Yeah. The fertilizing company. What the heck were they called? I can't remember. Um, but they would they would come in in their own truck and they had their own logos and I need to make sure the customer is comfortable knowing that 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 company was coming. Yeah, well, that would be like if they wanted to do a full redo of the front of the property, yep. I wouldn't do it because that takes a lot of time, a lot of facilitating plants, facilitating how you're going to get machinery in there and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. It's just, it's not something I want to put the stress on myself for in the coming year. Yeah, what I would do if I were you is I would I would find a really trusted, God, I missed him. Uh, I would I would uh, get a very trusted subcontractor that you trust trust. Yeah, I would then just let the customer know, say, hey, we can do this. Like you doing an estimate costs you nothing, mm-hmm. like a little bit of time, no big deal, and you know how to do it. And what I did was to make it very streamlined on me was I would do the same basic design over and over and over and over same plants same all that and when customers wanted to get fancy i'd be like do you really want to do that and make this like super custom and they'd be like no i really want to keep it like simple and the way i got them out of doing crazy stuff was how much maintenance do you want to incur mrs smith yeah right and she'd be like well i is that gonna be a lot of maintenance yeah that's why i have the plants on my plant list that i use all the time because like hostas you can pour acid on them and they'll stay they still won't die the only problem with the hostas is it is uh deer love them yes that's the thing you have to you have to be mindful of the deer yeah um so i had a great six foot fenced in backyard yeah yeah so i had a a deer resistant plant list i had a, a, a a most common low maintenance high color plant list and I would always steer my customers to those. Did you ever have clients where they asked for like plants that didn't attract bees? A couple times. Yeah, couple I did times. too. Yeah, there was annuals and stuff I would put in to keep bees and stuff away. Um, but ty- typically with bees, it's it's not that you need to, uh, what would you call it, not detract, but just you don't put in plants that attract them. Yeah. So you take. I would go in and clear out landscapes all the time and just rip out everything because I knew it would attract bees or things that you didn't want or whatever and then i just put in the plants that animals just didn't give a shit about yeah, honestly. yeah these work these don't yeah so i would stick to that and then that way it was easy for my vendors because they were like you know laser cut always gets these plants that's what they do we just need to check the quantity yeah right and then i would email that list over to like a patuxent materials or homestead gardens here locally yeah and then laura whoever over there would pull them they'd be sitting there i would just send a team over they'd grab them and they'd go install them it, i hadn't been patuxent but I think a, two years ago. Yeah. That is a massive nursery. That's where I got everything. Well, no, Patuxent is nothing compared to Homestead Commercial. Oh, yeah. Homestead Commercial is pretty big. It's huge. But I just went there because there was, I want to say it was a Magnolia mm-hmm. that I had to find. It was like some sort of like Golden Bell Magnolia or something like that. But they wanted this specific tree. And yeah. in order to find it, I like I went all over Maryland. Then you were like, hey, go here. And I was like, okay. So I tried it. And I was like, oh, I didn't know this existed. Holy crap, it's massive. Yeah, they're huge. And they had some like very like one-off kind of plants there too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with you, I would just – I would control like buying the plants. And then you just get a, a trusted subcontractor that goes and picks up the plants, goes in, installs is, them. Yeah, this is the um, – well, even if I just did regular, like, installing two or three plants, that's fine. Like, that doesn't take me too much time. I just grab a little extra fertilizer for the plants, have a shovel, and just say, hey, look, it's going to be X per plant. Yeah. You easy. know, that doesn't bother me. But, I mean, like, doing – tearing out and redoing, like, these islands and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do. Yeah, that's fine. And that's what you'd have that subcontractor for. And you just say, you know, Mrs. Smith, the property manager, whoever, um, my team is going to come in and we're going to knock it out. They don't need to know it's not – 
yeah. your team that you really all you're doing is just not directly paying all those people you're just paying one big lump sum to another company yeah um and you just go in and then you just take a 15 20 percent cut and you manage the whole thing you you may make 20 25 on the materials because you're going to buy all those your subcontractors just providing the service yeah that's all they're doing so <clears throat> you do that that keeps your your competition out because that's the thing if you don't do this what you're going to end up finding is you're going to start losing contracts because somebody's going to come in and want to take everything you have. Exactly. That's what we don't want. So that's that's my recommendation on that. Um, and then just so know your client, know what you're trying to get out of them. So you say know your client and qualifying the customers kind of goes one. Yes. Okay. So you have to know it and then you have to qualify them. Okay. So it's kind of like, okay, it's let's use a girlfriend for instance, right? You're you're like okay know what you want in in a woman so you're like i want her to be five seven ish i want her to have burnet hair brown eyes and i want really pasty white skin like i'm just yeah that's not my style but like i'm just trying to pick something random or i want a redhead with lots of freckles right um they're beautiful in their own right but before you even go to find a girl you should really honestly have a drawn out plan of exactly what is your type and that's okay yeah that's that's knowing your customer then qualifying customers going out and dating that redhead with freckles and you should date three or four or five six of them because they're all gonna be different and <clears throat> you you're qualifying them yeah you figure out what works best right and then you pick one and you go okay this redhead with freckles you know suits my fancy and then you you choose them and then you invest into them just like you would invest in your own customer yeah. by doing an estimate and getting all that together. So before you even show up to the do the estimate, you've already pre-qualified them all. It's that simple. Yeah. And when I started doing that, that's when I started making actual dollars. Because before that, I was letting my customer base or potential customer base Yeah, they were walking all over you. Run me ragged. I'm all over the freaking place trying to make all these people happy. And at the end of the day, you you can't. Yeah, you make yourself less happy and you don't sleep at night versus right. trying to think you're making them happy and not you know, it's, it's and, and know where your numbers are know where you make your money and focus on that area i'll take our, our company dawson manufacturer for instance our money maker is mulchmate yeah period point blank end of story this oh, we sold a shit ton of snowmates the recent what and we did and a half. so the point behind that is a we deliver the most amount of value to our customers over any other manufacturing company period in our sector yeah period there's well, nobody we're an industry it. leader for that reason exactly <clears throat> the reason we did the heated hand grips is i was it's an incubator to bring in more customers and the more value we deliver and the more customers we get into our incubator the more we can actually facilitate the growth of their businesses and their mindsets. Oh, speaking of, I need to get Brian's email. And then, and then we're able to then cultivate these people and these, these younger people or younger businesses up and up and up and up and up into a cart mate, a snow mate, then a truck mate, then a mulch mate, then a DMT, and then all the way up into whatever it is we decide to do. And then if we help grow their business, those people then become our sales force, which is like you. If you go out and find, you know, John Smith and you take care of his his property, you cultivate that relationship. Then it's going to then lead to another john smith and you're gonna get another one another one another one because it's at that point it's copy paste copy paste yeah and that, that's where we're at in this business it's like okay we know when nick's face gets on camera and he starts talking about stuff then all we have to do is just take that and paste it here 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 and here and we know boom you do that we get sales mulch mate hey we need more mulch mates all right take these po's copy paste how many you want nick okay we want 100 of them okay Boom, we place that PO order, and here comes 100 mulch mates in. We just got to get them built. Bolts and holes, bolts and holes, bolts. It's the same thing over and over. Brat, brat, brat. Exactly. We're <laughs> blapping nonstop. So the point of it all is is you you qualify. You know your customer. You qualify them. You put them in your incubator. You're then able to copy-paste over and over and over because you're using the same plants or using the same services, and it's just boom, 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 start over. Boom, 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 start over. And you just constantly repeat that whole cycle over and over. It's kind of like when we go to trade shows. I say the same shit a thousand times. Yeah. Like, it's funny because I'll watch people and I'll tell them, I'll tell the same joke every about five to ten minutes. I'll say the same joke to different people over and over and over and over, and they think it's the funniest shit they've heard all day. Yeah, how you like that big white box? Right. That's one of them. And I just, I say the same thing constantly. It's because I've 
I know my customers. I know it makes them giggle. I know it, it makes them interact with me, and I just say the same crap over and over. It, again, it's like dating. You can say the same shit to the to ten different women, and it will. It it means different things, but it, you don't have to be super creative on every individual person. Yeah, it's just be you. Say the things that you know work. Say the things that you know make sense. Copy paste. Well, it's Copy like paste. somebody I knew. They were on um those dating platforms you're like the, the the first date was always coffee mm-hmm. and then if they passed coffee they went to dinner and if they passed dinner they went to a movie and mm-hmm. stuff and then it just kept evolving from there and then yep. eventually it was like oh yeah now they're married yep you know so that's how it goes so you have to you have nice. to know you have to know he has a big old dodge truck going by um you have to know where you're going before you leave the station yes trains do not leave a station without a destination so oh, that's a good one. Um, it sounded really good coming out of my <laughs> mouth. I did not see that coming. Um, it is in, it's incredibly stupid for you to wake up every single day and not have a clear, concise point of direction you're going. Yeah. As dumb as that may sound and, and very simple, most people are reactive. What goes in line with having goals, too, is, is that if you have something to shoot for, you can at least try to reach it. If you fall short... Don't be proud of it, but also go, what caused you to fall short? And how do you, you know, reach that next step that you're going to set for yourself? Yeah. So that it's really, it, that's, that's really good and really, really important. Um, and at the same time, you know what I think the best thing to do in the, in, in the midst of all of it is? This is going to sound stupid. It's have fun. Mm-hmm. People like to have fun. If you can, if you can be energetic and, um, just attractive, not not so much in the sense of dating, but just you know, I, I'll give you for instance. There's there's a guy that we know on social media, really nice guy, he's out in North Carolina. Um, he him and I were sitting there just kind of BSing in, in Kentucky, and um, he had like fuzz all over his hair <laughs> from his brand new hoodie, and he had been by and talked to a bunch of different people, and. I looked up. I'm like, hey, do you got a bunch of fuzz on your hair? And he's like, are you kidding me? All these people didn't say anything. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, well, they're not as good of a friend as I am. And it, we were just kind of goofing off. But at the same time, I was helping him. Yeah. Right. And and we we left that conversation and we're just dicking off like men having a good time. So in the process of me selling and being on the showroom floor and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars doing this show, I am having fun. And I left him with a good experience. And yeah. our friendship just got that 1% stronger because i spoke up exactly or like if somebody has food in their beard like dude say something <laughs> Jeez, it, it zach just, is too many so people, bad at that too many people are so afraid of offending yeah stop being so sensitive seriously get over it get over it it's, put a helmet on yeah for real dude the, the world listen <laughs> i love that saying the, you know what i've learned if if your life isn't rough you're not making enough waves mm-hmm. and without waves you're not making any progress like if you're just sitting in a canoe on a lake and it's perfectly still, you're not making any progress. You're just sitting still. Yeah. Which is, you're never going to get to the other side of the lake if you just sit still. So put the damn paddles in the, in the water, make some waves, and get your ass moving. Exactly. So, <clears throat> all right. Does that hit on what you wanted to go over? Yeah. So it's, biggest thing is qualifying and then find a way to slightly amp up marketing, but in a way where I am able to go towards understanding my client if you don't understand your client you can't market to them exactly so know your client and then once you know it then it's very simple at that point you just stay laser focused in on that lane that you're looking to advertise to them i don't care if you're um owning a nail salon or a barbecue joint or or a landscape company you have to know your client my biggest goal this year is going to be action and it's not necessarily like, oh yeah, your resolution is like my biggest thing from now on is going to be having action to the things I say I'm going to do. And then if I find out that that was a failure, then that was a lesson. Yeah, most people are afraid to test. I call it testing. Most people are afraid to test because they're afraid to fail because they're scared to death of failing. Exactly. So I'm gonna play this really quick because I I think it's it is. Relative? Is that the right word? I think it's the right word. Um, but it kind of goes in line with what we're talking about of just being able to apply and just test. Um, hey, guess who it is? Who? Oh, Hormozy. Yeah? Yeah. I think you're a Hormozy fanboy now. I I enjoy his information. He's, he's good. 
He's actually very, very good. Let's see if it'll play. And I was not a fan. Yeah, I think weren't. what happens is most people are trying to find the perfect answer when they have no perspective from which to make a judgment. They're trying to find the perfect thing to do when they haven't done anything. So how would you have perspective to make a judgment? Like if you try a lot of things in the beginning, which you have to know what your inputs outputs are, decrease your action threshold enough with either a cheese or a cat, whatever you need. Most people have more cats than they have cheese in the beginning. So use the cat to start running towards something. And the thing is, is the rat, it's so simple. It's like there's cheese here. But what you really just need to know is that there's cheese out there. And there's a cat behind me for sure. And so if I just go anywhere away from the cat, I will have a higher likelihood of getting closer to the cheese. Not that I will find it, but I will get closer to it. And I think it's, and I've lived my life through a series of rapid iterations, not trying to pick the right thing. It's good. I love it. It's exactly what I've been saying. But I like the way that he put it is it's like, don't shoot directly at one thing. Just get away from what's behind you. Like if yeah, you move. if you found that it was a failure, you learn from it. Do something else. Move. Don't keep doing it. Right. Because that's what I got into a rat hole of doing is, <laughs> ironically, um, is I just I kept doing the same thing and I didn't learn from my lessons. I you, had a project where I lost a crap ton of money in. I went back. I overbid on the next part of the project and then still ended up losing money because of who I was doing the work for. Right. Because they just kept adding on and adding on and adding on and I didn't find a way to put in job change to costs and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And I just, it, it didn't go the way I wanted to. So keep in mind, they're basically, in, in, the, in the scenario of like get away from the cat, right? You have two choices. Either start complaining about the cat and whining or you make a movement yeah. and, you, and you move away from that. And, and I... I'm sorry. Some of the people may disagree with me on this one, but from my perception of the world, and I, I'm exposed to a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, most people, nine times out of ten, will make an excuse and stay near the cat mm-hmm. and, bl- and blame the cat instead of going f this. I'm out of here. I'm yeah. gotta go. This is this is not working. Um, they rather the sit in their anchor. misery. Loves company. Excitings exist for a reason, and people just sit there and complain about it instead of do something about it because sometimes most of the time it, it's very difficult to to make a change change any like you know when you go to a new like a store and their computer systems are, are changed right yeah what do people do they bitch and bitch and bitch about it and what they should be doing is going i i'm pretty sure they implemented this system because it's better let's get let's get to know it as fast yeah, as we let's can let's find a way to make this better for have us. you ever heard anyone ever say that Mm-mm. never because the people in those positions typically are just complainers mm-hmm. and the reason that they're not in corporate is because they're complainers if you want to be in corporate typically you have to be a problem solver you adapt and make it better correct so sorry really just butt hurt some people right there but good you, you kind of need a bitch slap yeah don't st- stop complaining and start problem solving and you will win. I like it. All right. <clears throat> I said we can wrap that one up here. Sign us off. Oh, man. That's pressure. You want me to do it? All right. Uh, I got hold it. On, I'm, hold on. I'm doing the Rolodex. Of, I think I can do it. I got this. Go Ready? All right. Three, two, one. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll wrap this one up here. Um, if you want to find us or chat with us, uh, find us on any of our social medias. Just Google MulchMate. Um, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can check Nick out on LinkedIn too. Maybe pop up on some Nick Carlson on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, we also have the Carlson Coaching Program. If you have any questions about business life or anything in general, um, feel free to reach out that way. We also have Hey Fastlane, not Hey MulchMate. Yeah, it's Hey Fastlane. Um, at gmail.com. Shoot us some questions. We'd love to interact with you guys. Talk. Um, if you have ideas of something you want us to talk about, please let us know. We would love to talk about it for you and uh, engage a little bit more. Um, and then also check us out on YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to ride Nick's ass to make something for us. Dude. Um, even if it's a short or something, he's killing me. I know. But no, we're uh, we're over there on the old YouTube's, Facebook, you name it, we're out there. So find us, check us out, and chat with us, and we'd be more than willing to hang out and give you some more information. Yeah, we love interacting with you guys and, and hearing our perspective. And I tell you what, I've gotten a lot of love from this. Like a lot of people are like, dude, your perspective is helping a lot. Yeah. Some people are like, we we've never heard that that perspective, and a lot of people are like, I like it. I'm into that. Give me more. I like that. Okay, so I don't know if you've noticed it, but you remember the um, what is it? The R R A S R S A, whatever the hell. R A S. Yeah, um, 
I've noticed that the more the more we continue to do the podcast and the things that we say, there's a pattern with people who have a lot more money mm-hmm. send the same th- say the same thing yep. within their podcasts and programs that they're on. Yeah, I mean, dude, the, the formula that everyone's looking for, and we just ended this podcast and we're going somewhere, but. It just it happened because I noticed as you had said more love and they like things that this is just something that I have noticed is that there is a pattern to the things that we're doing. Yes, there is, and there is a pattern to life, and there is a a formula, and all the people that are super successful in their lives they all have the exact same formula. Yeah, and it's not just a math equation to whoever my math teachers were because I don't remember their names because I didn't find that much importance to it. <laughs> <laughs> the world is math. Anyway. Guys, we love you. Thanks for joining in for another episode here of Life in the Fast Lane. We hope you join us again in the next one. And again, you know, find us on, just go on YouTube and just Google Mulchmate uh, and find your favorite uh, platform. And if you want to email us again, it's hey, H-E-Y, Fastlane at gmail.com. Bang. All right, boys and girls, we'll catch you in the next one. Adios. Mulchmate. Bye.